This week, my guests are Greg and Chris from Profit Tree. It's a financial advice firm they set up specifically for Eastern Europeans living in the UK. We chat about how Greg and Chris came up with the idea, built their business, and the challenges they faced. Welcome to episode 212 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. I really want to thank you for taking the time to download or stream the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. This week is a fascinating topic. Now, as you know, I've been in and out of financial services for quite a long time, and one of the problems with the financial services industry is it's complicated. I can remember many times as marketing director being given a policy document to proofread, and I'd be sitting there thinking, do you know what? This doesn't even seem to be in English. It's in such complicated language. And it did occur to me at the time how hard it is to read even if English is your first language. How difficult must this be if English isn't your first language? Greg and Chris, my guests this week, identified exactly that problem. And they've set up a business specifically targeted at Eastern Europeans living in the United Kingdom. It's a fascinating interview, so let's get straight into it. Let's chat to Greg and Chris. Greg and Chris, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Tell me, guys, where are we Zooming each other from? I'm in Edinburgh, as always. Well, at the very moment, I'm in London, usually based in uh, Birmingham, but um, I've travelled to London today. And uh, I'm sitting in, 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 in our office in Warsaw, so right in Poland, so pretty much across Europe. So this is a pan-European broadcast. Yes, it is. Indeed. So, so guys, you work for a company called ProfitTree, and, and it's a fascinating business. You're a financial broker, but you're serving mainly Eastern Europeans living in the United Kingdom. And that sounds like a really fascinating model. I'd like to learn all about the company and, and what you do and, and also how you market the business. But before we get into that, it'd be really nice to find out a little bit about you guys yourselves. So Chris and Greg, tell me a little bit about your backgrounds, where you came from, where you're going, where your career developed to, and, and basically what makes Chris and Greg tick? Well, it's uh, probably... Uh, a, a bit of a challenge to cut a long story short, but uh, I suppose it's good to say that I have started my journey, uh, my experience with the financial services industry uh, while being at the university in early 2000. Uh, it came back across surprisingly later, a couple of years later in 2009 when I dive into it again here in, in London, in the UK. Since we have, uh, as a group of people, as a group of friends initially, we have managed to build uh, almost an international business based upon the needs that we have experienced while living in the UK. Mm-hmm. Depending on, on who would like you would like to ask in the, in the founders group, we have been living there in the UK for 14, 10 odd years. And each and every one of us has experienced a similar kind of challenges 
uh, either when buying a house or maybe just uh, getting an insurance policy for your car. And that was the very much background for, for, for the company and for, it, for its funding, especially that for persons such as myself, where uh, I'm a political scientist from the university, uh, specializing in international affairs, uh, as you can imagine, I didn't have much experience uh, in the financial service industry except from my work during the uni times. Even though I have run a number of businesses in the past, that was uh, that was a kind of a new and uh, exciting challenge to take on. And, and Greg, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in, in, well I'm one of the founders of the company, uh, along with Chris and other people. And uh, we've been living in London for many, many years. Well, now I'm sharing my time between London, London and Warsaw, as we have office here as well. And uh, well, back in the days before before I jumped uh, in on the board of Profit Tree, I was I was uh, in, in a construction business in uh, in London, uh, selling, uh, buying, selling flats. Uh, that was that was obviously before the crisis when the credit crunch came. You know, uh, everything stopped, and then then we moved into different uh, different business, which was a financial. So uh, we we found we found that then this niche really needs company like ours because a lot of Polish people don't understand uh, this this tough financial language. As a matter of fact, they don't understand <clears throat> uh, sometimes the very basic language. So, let alone the financials. So we thought this is very good business models, and we, we need to start and see how it goes. Uh, in the company, I'm, I'm responsible for marketing and business development because we're looking into different branches as well. We want to give our customers a lot of uh, uh, different products, services, if you like, which they can use. So uh, it does quite a lot of work there. But uh, but that's our two main things: it's marketing and business development. Yes. And, and it's a fascinating idea and a great idea because um, I think um, I, I've read that there are 2.3 million Polish people living in the United Kingdom. So that's quite a large target market for a business like yourselves. But what, what was the what was the light bulb moment? What was the where were you when you suddenly had the idea? Do you know what we need to create this business called Profit Tree? <laughs> well, when it comes to the market, that's always uh, an interesting to, to hear what others say about the size of the market. Obviously, depending on the source, you will find a different information ranging from 1 million to 2.3, 2.5 million. And this is let alone Polish community, uh, where actually we also work with the Lithuanians, with the Romanians. and pretty much everyone whose language we can speak, because that's that has always been the, the unique thing about us. We ha we speak in the native language of the individual we're dealing with. And pretty, where the idea comes from, to answer that question, um, each of us has been involved in a different businesses before Profit True was, was set up, uh, who were dealing with uh, people coming to the UK and trying to get themselves settled down. And we just, just have seen this sometimes sort of a struggle or maybe lack of confidence confidence while doing it. And having this background, me working in the financial services for a while before, Greg being in the uh, building industry, uh, same about Kate, who is another from, from the founders and Nurek. Uh, we, the other day, we just had this conversation. Uh, we've seen someone doing this, but we thought maybe not the way we would have done it. And we said, okay, so that's a huge niche. There's great need. There is great customer demand. It's just, well, basically no brainer to fill up that niche and do it the way we would love to be served 
if we were the customers. And this is the idea that's main thing behind the profit tree. Yeah, and it's quite interesting because I, I've worked in and out of financial services in the United Kingdom for the last 25 years. And I'll be the first to admit that if you pick up a policy document for an insurance policy or an investment, even if you know English, you can sometimes think this is written in a foreign language because it is just so complicated. <laughs> so, so, so I can understand if, if English isn't your native language, unless the insurance company has has taken the trouble to produce um, a foreign language version of their policy or investment booklet or whatever it is, it must be very difficult to actually understand what all of this stuff's about. To be honest with you, I have actually got a theory that uh, basically says that the documents regarding the policy or your mortgage are prepared in such a way that no one really wants to read it. And if there is anyone crazy enough to dive in, <laughs> They just made sure you cannot understand it. So that's that's the theory behind it, and I'm not really sure. No one have ever, have ever confirmed whether it's true or not, but I'm pretty much convinced it is. And I think I think it's worth to add because obviously we all understand, you know, how important it is to to understand what you're signing for. You know, what, yeah. what's your life policy going to give it to you? You know, what's your mortgage going to be, and you know, uh, what, what's your income protection uh, going to deliver when you need it? And we, we've came across and we're still coming across a lot of people, our, our customers who they don't really have a clue what they what they signed up for. Mm. And, uh, you know, because just just because they've they've been, they've been given something in the bank to sign, they've been given uh, something by the broker to sign uh, and, and they, they didn't know, they didn't understand what the policy is going to be and, you know, how much they actually can you know account for when, when you know, when the trouble comes and and, you know, this is obviously one thing is understanding, and the other it's 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 it has a, you know horrific implications in 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 life if you get these things wrong, right? And 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 I think a lot of people uh, do understand this now. A lot of our clients uh, understand this definitely more because of our work too to educate people. Uh, therefore, they they really like to to speak to to the advisor, to, to the consultant, to anybody, right? Uh, in in the native language, even though they speak you know all right English, mm. you know. They feel more comfortable to, to speak in, in in native language because they they just basically know they understand everything and sometimes this little bit you know it, it's just the one thing which you need to know really right and you already mentioned life insurance um, income protection I heard you mention as well presumably critical illness cover mortgages are you doing the whole financial services um, portfolio so also investments and pensions buildings and insurance and that sort of thing. Our portfolio has evolved in time and uh, at this very moment in time, we mainly focus on lifelines, so-called, so life, critical illness and income protection, accident and sickness. But yes, also we have car insurance, general insurance, building insurance, among the others, uh, business insurance, such as uh, liability and uh, indemnity insurance. We can also provide an advice on mortgages. Uh, that's that's what we focus on now. We can also support our clients when it comes to the bookkeeping. Uh, that's another thing that we try to uh, accommodate to to the service provided. Uh, in the future, in the near future, to the mixture, we shall we shall also add a money transfer service. There is no investment options in the portfolio at this moment. 
but we are looking into uh, incorporating some of the ISAs to the portfolio. Obviously, the investment rules and the rules around the investments uh, following the RDR are uh, making it more strict and restricted in terms of the access. So uh, definitely not now. In a couple of years' time, we will be looking into it for sure. And now ISAs should be more than enough to, to fulfill the needs of our clients. And of course, as we've already said, some of these products are quite complicated. Um, in some critical illness policies, their, their documents run to 90 odd pages. And as you've quite rightly said, nobody ever reads it. But just as a matter of interest, how do the UK products that you've mentioned compare to the products back in Poland? Are you, are, do you have a similar sort of range of products with a similar level of complexity or, or is the U- UK pretty unique in being horribly complicated? Well, that's actually a very interesting question. Uh, I think Greg may add a little bit to this in a second, but uh, the truth is that um, the offering in the UK is different to what you would normally find for instance, in Poland. As a result, uh, we have just very recently added one product that is custom built product, custom built product for our clients. And it's reflecting what the clients were asking for in the past years. Mm. Obviously coming here, number of us lived in Poland for 20, 30 odd years. And we have some, some habits. We got used to some things being done in a certain way. And the offering in the UK was limited in some some areas. That's why we have decided to work closely with one of the providers, getting it all secured by the Lloyd Syndicate. And we have introduced to the market a new product that reflects the need of our customers. Surprisingly, possibly or not, this product has a direct focus on children Mm -hmm. to be cured for things such as fractures. It's non-existent apparently in the uh, in the UK policies, maybe exactly <coughs> that vitality life has. But we we needed to 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 come up with this because there is a huge demand for this sort of solution. And of course, that's a great way of operating because you're actually listening to your customers and you're creating variants of the products that meet their needs. And I don't, I can't think of any major life insurance or financial services in providers in the United Kingdom that are specifically looking at dif- different groups of the population and saying we need to build a special product for the Eastern European community or whatever it might be. So I think you've definitely found a, 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 an, an interesting niche here. Well, I think it's worth saying that there is two things that are are really behind the idea of profit tree, profit tree finance. Uh, we tend to say that we change life for better. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it may sound like uh, used too often, uh, a bit worn off sentence. But in fact, what we do is first and foremost, focus a lot on our customers, what they need. And from our point of view, our very first customers are the people we work with. So our advisors, our managers, and this is what helps us to build the company to reflect the needs rather than try the others to follow the idea that we have. And as a result, we are able to answer the questions coming from the customers, coming from our advisors, coming from our managers, and grow the company to become 
a really life-changing solution for many people. Well, as a company, we have a very unique ability to recruit and train people who, even though very well educated, uh, when they came to the UK, they took uh, different jobs such as a factory worker or other manual jobs and were stuck there, not being able to move their career forward. As soon as they joined Profit Tree, and I'm not a dreamer to the extent that I believe every single person who joins our team will stay for, with us for years, 10, 20 odd years. But what I know for sure from the experience, well, over nearly nine years now, is that every single person who joins the team changes their life significantly, being able to apply for a better jobs, being open to a new ideas, being, being more self-confident, just going out there and reaching for what they really getting from life, regardless of whether they live in the UK, Poland, or any other given country. So I think if, if I can jump in uh, quickly, uh, because the, the question was uh, the, the comparison between Poland and, and, and UK, mm -hmm. obviously the financial services, the, the pro financial products, you know, they vary, but they're based on the same idea. But I think that the, the biggest burden is uh, for, for the financial services working with Eastern European people, and I'm, and I'm sure you would agree with me, Roger, as well, is that, you know, a lot of people of our customers think that you just after the commission that mm. like you really want to sell, uh, you know, get your money and and disappear, and it's be very hard to to you know to communicate with you after the sale. And obviously, we, we believe completely otherwise. We we I believe and we believe that sole purpose of of the business on every business should be acquiring a happy customer, not a sale. Mm. And this is this is a major difference, you see, uh, because once you acquire. A happy customer, you know, he will come back to you, and he will come back to you on different products. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get your life insurance with him, or with her, and then you're gonna get your car insurance, and you're gonna get a building insurance, and you will carry on and so on, and obviously this can expand, and then sh and she or he, you know, will stay with you, and and actually breaking breaking this this uh, you know this fault, breaking this model, which is. You know, often in, in people's heads that you know uh, that the financial companies, you know, the, the multi agencies usually after sale. It's it, it, it has been actually uh, a quite a journey because we're building the trust among our uh, consultants. You know, people who work with us, as Chris mentioned, they need to buy the idea first, right? They when they come to the company, they need to believe in our values. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Uh, so, so first it starts with them, and then, and then it, we need to move it to the clients, and obviously market to th this idea to the clients, which is completely a different story. That's a, that is an interesting viewpoint because financial services in the United Kingdom isn't exactly at the top of everybody's wish list, and a lot of the consumers distrust financial services. We've had lots of mis-selling scandals we've had ppi insurance there was the pensions mis-selling scandal endowment mis-selling and what what's the what's the level of trust like amongst the eastern european community do they have similar levels of distrust of financial services or again is that a uk thing well i think um it is even deeper in our minds that basically insurance providers do not pay mm. It's probably the very first thing we have to get through as soon as we see our customer. And it's uh, not only about um, explaining in the understandable way 
that this or the other product really fulfills your needs, it meets your needs. It's something that you really have to have, considering you are the father or you have a mortgage or considering your circumstances in general. Well, basically, there's no one else you can rely upon because you're not in your home country. So there is no mom you can go and see on Sunday dinner mm. if you can't prepare it yourself, if you can't buy stuff to, to get yourself fed then no one else will do it for you. It is also about convincing, explaining, or, or even proving to our customers that actually the provider who provides you with the policy will pay you out when you need it the most. And that's why a huge part of our work is about the claims and the experience the customers have when it comes to claiming on their policy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we are here in the first place. It's what Greg said. Even though you might be great when it comes to communicating in English, when it gets to understanding the financial jargon, it is it's a different story. So when it comes to the time where policies to pay out, when there is a claim to be to be filed with the insurance company, we are also here for our customers. We have our own claims department that assists our customers with submitting the claim all the way through depending on what sort of help is needed you can either just drop us a a line saying that you would like to claim because of this or the other reason and someone from profit tree will pick up on it gather the intelligence required to file the claim on behalf of the customer or just give you the direction the right direction to do it yourself if that's what you need so it's about as greg said selling the policy it's about the service that comes with it that really adds value to the policy and this is what the profit tree is about the perception that most people have is that insurance companies don't pay out critical illness claims or life insurance or income protection claims the fact is they do pay out figures in the high 90s it's 90 98 percent of life insurance claims are paid and it's in it's about 93 94 percent of critical illness and 91 92 percent of income protection but the public think that that figure is a lot lower they think it's probably about 40 percent so it's it, it is a constant um communications challenge that we have Whatever the language is that people speak, it's a constant communications challenge for us to reassure people that actually, despite what you might read in the newspapers about the claims that are declined, and there's not that many of them, but there are a few, we just have to keep reinforcing that perception in people's minds. So so tell me a little bit about how you launched Profit Tree into the UK. You had the idea, you identified the market. How did you go about launching when we first started in 2010, we our position, let's say financially, was not the best, to say the least. Now, we had this great idea, and luckily enough, we found someone who was willing to uh, lend us a little bit of money. From today's perspective, that was, well, that was 15,000 pounds that we've managed to, to, to get from the very first investor, and the only investor up until today we had. And uh, we we have hired a very small office, probably two by two. That was the size of it. And there was four of us with a great idea in our head and virtually nothing else. Mm-hmm. So we started to seek uh, some sort of advice. We were looking at whether we should get uh, uh, directly authorized or become part of the network. Eventually, we decided to go for the uh, DA route. Uh, and we started to sign, sign up with the providers and we started the recruitment process. 
as it usually happens, the very first couple of months were were actually brilliant. So we started to to gather some people. We started to build a sales team here in in London, and simultaneously we we're doing it in the northwest, where one of the colleagues was based. Growing very fast, and this is when we experienced the the, the most probably usual usual uh, risk that is associated with early start businesses, which is grow too fast <laughs> and not being able to 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 manage that that fast growth. So 2011 was uh, was actually the time where we had to kind of restructure, rebuild the idea, uh, rebuild the way we were pursuing the idea, and then for the following years we started to. It kind of grow very steadily up until 2015 when another area of a rapid growth started and we have at this time in 2015 we have very quickly grew for from 30 odd people working with us uh, mainly in london and in the northwest in the preston area to uh, nearly 100 and then 120 140 people working together as a profit tree from 10 different offices in the uk uh, from two offices in Poland, one of them being an administration office, the other is a, is a more of a call center where all of the car insurance and general insurance transactions take place. Uh, and that was that was another another time in well in our history when we had we faced some new issues, some 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 something that we haven't experienced in the past. So the following years, 2016, 17, 18, was working with the advisors. Um, well, maturing the company in terms of the way it's governed, in terms of, of the policies, in terms of, of uh, how we approach things. So uh, in 2018, we have finally decided it is about time to, for us to, to take a next step, which we, which we believed and still believe is taking the company public. This number of years of growth allowed us to become one of the largest intermediaries in this particular niche where we located ourselves for some of the providers being even number one in terms of the sales volumes for the others a huge company such as Aviva being among the first 10 that distribute their product in the UK so that gave us this unique opportunity still being small enough to be able to add ourselves and re respond to the client's needs but at the same time big enough to give them enough of the uh, security and stability and being able to take the company to be one of the public companies here in the UK, which I believe is going to be a his historic event. And as a result, where we're, looking, where we're looking to go in the next steps is if that idea works perfectly well in the UK, and there is no difference between the people that travel between the countries in, in relation to their job in the UK or in entire Europe, Spain, Germany, uh, France, why not to copy and paste this model and just start exploring a new market, so eventually becoming a multinational organization that provides the customers with the services that they very much need, regardless of where they are or where, what language they speak. Well, we, we know, if I can kind of throw a couple of lines in, we know that just in Spain, it's, I think, over one million uh, British people living permanently in Spain, right, mm. Roger? So, you know, I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of uh, English people in Spain, for example, they would like to speak in English about certain products they need rather than in Spanish because they may not necessarily understand everything quite well. So this is just one idea. But what Chris said, actually, it's 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 uh, to 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 boil it into to the one bullet point. It's I think I think mm, that's for everyone out there listening. It's you can you can grow 
really big company, which you know it's national can go international in the backbone of you know of thirty thousand pounds really, and and a lot of passion. You know when we you know when you start from small little you know office in London with four desks, you know that's all you can fit into you know ten ten offices or, or more, and uh, and great potential. So. And so, so basically, it's all about really learning on mistakes and you know, and, and always correcting you know the, the path of the way you go and, and, and being uh, you know being wise about it because when you, when you, when you hit the scale you know on one side is advantage but on the other it could be a disadvantage as well because you know if you, if your running costs are low because you're a very small company it's it's easy to survive but uh, you know if if your running costs are high and you know, all the big companies usually have you know high running costs you know then you have to be very careful with how you uh, manage the business because it's not it's not so easy anymore and uh, this is this is fascinating and, and the growth of the of um, profit tree has been remarkable you've done incredibly well to grow so large and to it effectively open um, the um, advisors out across the united kingdom what's the what's the approach you've taken to the marketing of profit tree how, how have you gone about communicating with your customers yeah it, it's it's actually it's been an interesting journey and it still is because as as we mentioned before you know the trust is you know the, the financial companies are not basically on the top of the you know of the chart when it comes to trust and and to build this trust you have to actually meet people right because if you're just going to throw uh, a website and you're going to say this and that about you know what you do you can't really expect people you know running in asking for you know uh, life policies basically i like to say that people don't wake up in the morning thinking oh gosh I don't have a life policy. They don't, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. They they do wake up in the morning thinking, "Oh my god, I don't have a car policy," right? My my car insurance or, you know, I don't have my building insurance perhaps or travel insurance because that's something they need, right? But it doesn't really, you know, doesn't really apply to the to the life insurance. So so to build, you know, the marketing for that, we had to go out and 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 base our uh, our uh, basically business on referrals to start with. Mm. So Obviously, this customer service, a really good, you know, customer service had to come in right from the beginning when people would say, oh, this is a very nice company. It's trustworthy. You know, I will recommend this to my friends, right? We, we had to go into, and we actually still do it because we think, you know, this offline, uh, offline marketing we use, such as events, for example, you know, local events for the communities, Polish community, Lithuanian communities, and other communities, that they're very good because we go there as a sponsor, for example, of this event. We have our stand, we have our tent, and, you know, we talk to people. We mm-hmm. say, listen, that's what we do. You know, we do a little, little lottery. You know, you fill up your details here. You can, you know, win the bike, for example. And then, but the key thing is actually, it's building trust face-to-face, if you like. Uh, Especially, especially when it comes to life insurance, because or, you know, or mortgages, because this is something you really need to do. And obviously, on the backbone of that, you can you can throw into the mix all the products people need and they will search for. And this is obviously you know based on you know on online such as you know car insurance or public liabilities, because this is this is people actually they search for this actively because they need it. But when it comes to life. The marketing was based on referrals. It was based on actually going out and looking for people, and 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 you know inviting them to you know and making them understand really what what life insurance is and why they should have it. You know, a lot of people didn't 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 understand. They were actually astonished, you know, astonished that you know, oh gosh, I, I have a family, I have two kids, and you know, I'm 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 the only provider. I never thought of that. And actually, this is a very good point, you guys. 
you guys are trying to sell across. So, so, so you know, this constant education, this face-to-face meetings, uh, based on on events, based of uh, based on uh, meetings uh, with 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 Polish population, uh, parish events actually quite good as well because Polish community, you know, uh, we we are Catholics. A lot of people, Polish people are Catholics, and and that they, they, you know, the church is you know. It, usually in the center of, of of Sunday gatherings and you know and and and, and church usually throw you know picnics especially during the summer and and, and spring and then people meet up and, and then if you're present there you're gonna actually talk to your customers right and then and, and how that's how you're gonna build the report that's how you're gonna build the trust and based on that you can actually go and and and, and sell other products so that that's when it comes to the, to the life to the life insurance uh, is is there anything you'd like to add, Chris? No, no, I agree. Well, our marketing from the day one up until now has always been where we can actually find our clients, where our clients go, what they are interested in, rather than going for a huge media where none of them are actually present. So, so it's a probably completely different approach from the uh, business point of view. It's, it, has a, it has a great advantage because for us, the cost of the acquisition of the customer is virtually nil. So, well, it cuts a huge part of the normal spending the company would have. But the truth is, we're not doing it because it is the way to cut the costs. It, we do it because this is where our clients are, and mm. this is where we believe we should be with them. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. And, and as you say, trust is so important. And um, and as we wind the conversation down, um, Chris and Greg, what's the one thing from each of you that you'd like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast to take away from the experience you've had launching Profit Tree into the United Kingdom. If you've got a vision, if you've got an idea, if you truly believe you can do something really that is different, that reflects the needs and first and foremost fulfills your dreams, just pursue that and, and do it because it definitely makes sense. And it's only down to you whether you're going to be happy with what you do in life or not. And I think, you know, uh, my, well, I said that before, but uh, I greatly believe that any business, any business, whatever this is, UK or probably anywhere in the world, the sole purpose for any business should be acquiring a happy customer. Because mm-hmm. if the customer is happy, that means, you know, your website is okay. That means your telephone, you know, manners are okay. That means your product is well written or, you know, well created or build or whatever that that means you know happy customer means a lot of things really but if you if you're able to acquire a happy customer if your processes are, are, are clear if your company has a clear vision and you, you you know then then you will have all the sales you want right and i think this is the this is the one most important thing for the businesses is to not go for the sale is go for for the happy customer I absolutely agree with you guys. That's that's absolutely spot on. And I'm hoping that people listening to the show are going to want to get in touch with Profit Tree. So tell me, what's the best way that people should connect with you? Oh, I think the, the best way is, is, is basically to email us, you know, uh, at office, office at profittree.co.uk. That office at profittree.co.uk. Alternatively, you know, you, you can call, you know, the, the Profit Tree website and you just contact us, you know, via phone. That's no problem. 
Fantastic. Chris, Greg, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's really been fascinating to explore this model. It's 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 not something that we've talked about on the show before. I think you've got a great niche. You've launched very successfully. You've grown very impressively. And I love your approach to the marketing. So thanks for coming on the show. And hopefully I'll get to meet you at a financial services industry conference or event in the near future. Always been lovely to talking to you, Roger. And uh, thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us, Roger. It was a pleasure talking to you. I look forward to seeing you in the future. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.